Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 6th of November 2017 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 186. I hope you're all well, keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. I hope you had nice weekends. This is the show that sweats the small stuff because the small stuff does matter. Counting down to Christmas and milestone episode 200 coming to you from the southwest London borough of Lambeth, the borough that, quite frankly, I had the great misfortune to be born in. It's a, a place obsessed with murals on walls, host to the Lambeth Country Show, a festival I have felt no need to attend since 1985. If you were to offer me a life, a healthy life for 50 years without having to attend any country shows or 65 to 70 years of uh, healthy living, if, if I attended the Lambeth Country Show every year, I'm taking the 50. I want to be clear on that. I'll take the 50. Lambeth now, of course, under occupation, fully gentrified. People like me, we're no longer meant to be here. This is the new world. This is a world of beards, of yoga mats, of three-pound rubbish coffees, expensive bike frames, gated communities, hotels where old pubs and bars once stood and communities got together. It's a world of vapours, of flask-carrying Ruperts, pram joggers, joggers. It is only the dogmuck, relentless, reaching into all corners of the borough and the, the strewn chicken boxes that remind you that this is still Lambeth, and it is from these streets that I communicate to you every Monday and Thursday. A reluctant podcaster, now a decade on from my last nose job, wondering perhaps if I'd been less enthusiastic in my pursuit of the perfect nose, might I have managed to get to where I'd hoped I'd be in life. A life derailed absolutely by the taste for rhinoplasty and the Great Recession. Episode 186 Opening with an unusual visual from the end of uh, last week, Friday 3rd of November, 08.42 hours in Elephant and Castle. A driver had stopped his white car at the lights, got out and lifted his shirt to deodorise his back. Just his back. No winter coat on him, no jumper. So you kind of wonder why he was sweating. He was driving, just in a t-shirt. Deodorant man got tooted by several drivers. Did, did cars toot? Stick with toot, David. You're doing well with toot. You can't go wrong with toot. Deodorant man faced uh, one driver, turned his back in front of this driver and proceeded to re-deodorise the back before giving the fuming driver the finger. It was a spectacular visual. No deodorising of the underarms, just the back. It was uh, full on with the man last week because uh, we'd relocated building, moved to a newer, shinier, but a definitely tighter space-wise building. So far, I've joined a group of four or five colleagues who um, I don't know so well, but uh, they've refused to uh, embrace hot desking, uh, which uh, sits rather comfortably with me. And uh, I got there last week and... Uh, Towards the back of the floor where I'm based, they uh, set up these uh, desks with booths. And that took me back to uh, call centre days uh, in my student days in the uh, 90s. And I wasn't too enamoured with that. But uh, surprisingly, it's worked for me. 
really been able to get my head down in those booths and really enjoyed it. Well, not enjoy, but it's been satisfying, strangely satisfying. And uh, it helped me feel a bit better about the man last week. I'm not sure how much longer I'll be able to um, stay sat in the same place because not everyone has relocated to that new building. So um, unfortunately for me, as, as I say all the time, you know, I've got the toilet table. I had that little corner when I was about seven or eight years old at uh, St. Mary's uh, Primary School in music, uh, which used to infuriate my music teacher, Mr. Davidson, because I'd always fall asleep in that corner. But I do get attached to spots and this spot is right at the back of the floor. I can just focus. I can get my head down and get through the day. And uh, that's been a good thing. There was uh, one particularly uncomfortable lunchtime. I do the late lunch and uh, I was uh, eating my little ingredients heavy sandwich, a miserable sandwich, you know, which is... I'm not a big sandwich fan. I'm not a big lunchtime eater. Um, the sandwich is just there to simply quash rumbles, particularly as I've been working in a quiet part of the floor. And uh, I was there having this sandwich and two high flyers came and sat at the same table with their um, paper bags from Eat. God knows how much they paid for their lunch. And I thought if these Eat guys were to take a bite of my sandwich, I'm sure that their bodies would go into shock. I don't think that they would know what had hit their bodies. It's the Great Recession. It brutalises you. You could give me a better quality sandwich and I will probably gravitate towards the little because that's what I'm used to. It happened to me with cereals. I go for the budget cereals, not because the pricier cereals are now out of my reach, but simply because, you know, my taste buds have become accustomed to uh, more basic tastes. The loos in this place are interesting. Back to the uh, recurring toilet theme that remains the spine of this show after episode uh, 185, Scarf-flavoured show. We couldn't do the old hugely popular toilet bingo uh, game on this show that Please Don't Hug Me had going on back in 2010. We'd have Mickey Boyd's toilet bingo cry interrupting the show every few minutes if, uh, if we did it on this show. It was a hugely popular feature. If you if you go to DanielRuizTizen.com, the Please Don't Hug Me shows, all 55 of them, except uh, 51 and 52, I think, which uh, never aired because of the uh, Chin's appearance on the heat. Got involved with both shows. Mickey and I were both taken aback by the level of swearing from the Chin. It was relentless, and no amount of editing could have uh, rescued those shows. But, uh, yeah, the Please Don't Hug Me shows uh, are all on uh, the website. We did used to give out prizes, but I can only actually remember one prize that we gave for Toilet Bingo, and that was that one week the winner got to read of the greatest dreams I've ever had. It was a, a bizarre run of three consecutive nights, dreams that seemed to fit in. It was like I had a box set going on in my head. Very sci-fi orientated dreams and I'm not a sci-fi fan and uh, the dreams featured Eddie Grant, the QE2, a UFO landing on the Patmore estate in SW8 where my dad's family lived. That was the opening episode. Uh, Gamma and guards from Star Wars and uh, I was the star 
of these uh, dreams and uh, I was uh, flying of course uh, I haven't done the dream flying thing since uh, Christmas 2010 but uh, in 1984 January 1984 I was definitely dream flying and uh, I love those dreams so I remember that I would ping this email containing the dreams and I think I made it episodic and the prize winner would come back to me for the next dream God knows what they made of it. It was it was just pure madness. But the dreams were very real, and I've never dreamt as brilliantly as uh, those three dreams in January '84. And it was just after New Year's Eve. I could have just said it was right at the start of the year. It was right at the start of January 1984. We're talking third, fourth, fifth January around that time. I remember that. I think I was uh, sleeping on the lower bunk by then. At our bet it back to the work lavatories anyway. Very tight in there, but very swanky. I couldn't figure out how you dried your hands in there. There are no air blades, which is a positive, I think, as they're not very hygienic. But uh, basically, there are big paper towels hidden underneath the mirrors. Um, you so you've got to reach under the mirror. The paper towels do tear when you pull them out, but uh, they're an impressive size, and you can easily wrap them around the um, door handles on exit the urinals as well are quite fancy they flush automatically once you're done in a way it feels like the urinals are communicating with the three cubicles which is down from four in the last building it's as if the urinals are letting anyone in those booths know that the uh, urinating's done the urinator is now going to wash their hands obviously if that new setup was in the cafe you'd just hear the urinal flush and then the door being opened in an instant but this is sw1 not sw8 and i think the flush in urinals the hygiene aspect aside which is a, a good thing i think they serve a vital role in letting the guys in the cubicles know the latest movements in there because no one wants to be running into each other in there no one wants to be coming out of a booth cubicle be consistent david no one wants to be coming out of a booth i've said cubicle too many times on this show why did i say booths i think because i was talking about working in a booth setup on the floor since we'd relocated let's go back to cubicle no one wants to be running into each other in the loose when they've come out of a cubicle and uh, even the urinator the urinator doesn't want to be seeing anyone coming out of a cubicle the person in the cubicle doesn't want the urinator to see them coming out of a cubicle especially if your small talk isn't especially polished you're listening to daniel ruiz tyson is available the other side of the midlife crisis uh, ways to support the show you can do all your amazon shopping by clicking on the amazon referral link at danielruiztyson.com Amazon recognises you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you purchase back to my work at no extra cost to you. And of course, uh, with Christmas now less than, what, 60 days away, uh, this is probably the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to again start paying for itself. Over 500 uh, shows, podcasts and radio are on the website and that archive uh, does cost money to keep online further ways to support the show you can rate and review the podcast on itunes that is a massive help if you do download the show via itunes please do give uh, consideration to giving the show a rating and review that is the easiest way for this show to grow 
And perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the PayPal button at DanielRuizTyson.com. So on Wednesday, on the 1st of November, otherwise known as Winter Coat Day, the Winter Coat returned for its second winter. Friday, I had to make a rare tube journey, which uh, for me is uh, very weird. This was Friday morning because, um, you know, for 30 years, the tube was a big part of my life here in London. This decade, though, apart from early 2011 and a four-month period in 2012 uh, to 2013, I have rarely used the tube and I can now easily lose my way down there if it's not the Northern or Victoria line I'm using. I think that was simply born out of uh, the darkest days of the Great Recession. I simply couldn't afford it. I had to take it from Merton when I was living in Merton for four months. I had no option because I was travelling into central London. But, uh, you know, once back in Lambeth, there was no real point in taking the tube. I would either walk to uh, wherever I needed to be. I'd even walk to stand-up gigs. Sometimes it would take me an hour and I'd be on stage uh, just for five or ten minutes. So um, Friday morning I was on the tube. I had three layers on underneath the winter coat. I was sweating on that Jubilee line. I really was. The bag strap is, uh, you know, that will just cause problems. There is the police siren. Instead of toilet bingo, maybe we could just have some sort of police siren bingo. Anyway, the uh, bag strap is a problem on this winter coat. That was confirmed last winter, and uh, I do try to avoid swinging the uh, bag over the hood as it just gets caught on the hood with the excessive, unnecessarily flamboyant fur. So I'll have the strap on my left shoulder, but it does slip off the coat. The coat is uh, a very kind of slippery material. Next time Mickey Boyd sees the coat, I'll ask him to describe it. He's very good at breaking down things like that. I did ask you guys to get in touch to see where you yourselves were on the winter coat. Quirstret tweeted, Oh crap, I got excited and got this shizzle going down a week ago. Uh, she went early on the winter coat. Nick, uh, Brian, long-time friend of the work here and a guest in its uh, Glory Days uh, tweeted, dug mine out on Monday when the temperature hit four degrees. Sorry, so Nick went early too. Amiable Noodle tweeted, Nick, that was last season's coat. Um, I'm not sure if Amiable is a friend of Nick's. Seems like uh, they might be. Nick replied, it's also last decade's coat. There's no fashion here. Which uh, in turn prompted this extraordinary revelation from Amiable Noodle. Likewise, bought my coat in a sale while on holiday in 2007. Still wear it pretty much every day, which I I found fascinating. I I really do, because I got five winters out of my epic 2008-2012 winter coat, the pea coat, which was a lovely, thick, heavy coat, and uh, which, along with the balaclava that the chin gave me for uh, Christmas 2013, I found myself sleeping in on Christmas Day uh, that year. I think my memory serves me right. I think my peacoat made a couple of cameos in winter 2013. This show was already up and running by then. I think we'd uh, been around for over a year by then. And uh, the uh, peacoat making a few appearances that winter when it was firmly second choice by then was a bit like Farrah Fawcett when her complicated and protracted leaving of Charlie's Angels back in the 70s, overseen by uh, her then hubby, the great Lee Majors, a.k.a. the $6 million man, a.k.a. the man who influenced 
my uh, obsession with facial hair from the age of four. He was overseeing her career at the time. Farrah Fawcett was this massive breakout star in 76. Charlie's Angels was just a massive, massive show. Her contract was very complicated. It was a very acrimonious departure. And uh, the only way they were able to get her to leave the show in the end, uh, Lee Majors and Farrah Fawcett, was to agree to her coming back for a few episodes over the next uh, couple of years, I think, to uh, fulfil her contractual obligations. So um, the winter coat of uh, 2008 to 2012 was a bit like that. But of five winters, that's my best. Cybermental tweeted, My leather jacket is 30 years old. I inherited it from my dad in 1988. Was it warm? I tweeted back, uh, because I think I mentioned my winter coats of yesteryear. In 96, I had a leather jacket, my only leather jacket to date, which uh, required a fleece underneath to uh, get me through the winter. It wasn't the warmest coat. Yes, uh, came back uh, cybermental, and the inside pocket is just big enough to house my tablet. Deepest Dub, meanwhile, tweeted, holding off from the winter coat until a few degrees cooler, still relatively balmy in London compared to up north, needs to hit naught uh, degrees. Deepest Dub later added, always try to dress for the weather, not the calendar. That is brilliant advice. And advice that I always ignore, but that is brilliant advice. No need for hats, uh, Deepest Dub continues, or pavement dragging scarves when it's 15 degrees. Oh, that's a horrible visual, isn't it? The uh, pavement dragging scarf. If you've got something to add to this and... Uh, I'm mindful that half of these uh, handful of tweeters aren't listeners, but uh, will still claim their tweets for the show. If, if you've got anything to add, it's hashtag wintercoat at 1607westegg or email the show. DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. You've got the Facebook page as well, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Feel free to uh, post underneath any of the shows as they appear. Let's uh, pop into the cafe now as I wind down uh, the opening show of the week. Friday 3rd of November, 16.06 hours. I treated myself after a long week with a man. And, uh, you know, I'd missed my morning coffee because of a trip to the hospital voice clinic that morning. And uh, this goes back to the issues that I've been having. Significant issues with uh, my voice over the last year, which, uh, you know, some listeners have uh, been in touch about and uh, I noticed that it was starting to be a problem and I certainly wondered if I would be able to do live radio now given the voice issues. It has improved over the last couple of months and I think that's simply down to me uh, scaling back the self-medicating because for about three years I was just, I wouldn't say addicted, but I'd always use the Neurofen Plus to quash these migraines which, uh, you know, which are the issue really a couple of consultants my gp they've all said the same thing it's the self-medicating it's the neurofen plus that has caused this issue has made uh, my voice hoarse it has improved as i say since the summer because I, i've changed what i'm taking it goes back to over three years ago now the uh, long uh, car journey to my cousin's wedding in the west country uh, triggered these uh, vicious migraines and uh, a bout of nausea for about six months which thankfully the nausea is long gone but uh, the migraines they're always on the same spot on the left hand side 
just by my eye, the left temple, basically. And I've just been an absolute animal with the self-medicating, and I have paid a price. I saw my old speech therapist, actually. She was uh, there with a consultant, and um, they stuck this thing down, not down my throat, but touching the back of my throat, and I had to keep doing this thing. I had to keep breathing in and out, but I had to keep doing he... And it was really difficult so uh, instead they went up the nose they say that going up the nose is more uncomfortable I disagree I'd had the uh, cable up the nose uh, a few times over the years I had it in the summer again and I certainly preferred that to uh, you know the cable going in through the mouth which was making me gag and I was then able to see it was a camera basically and I was able to see my um, vocal cords and how they're working and I think they called them uh, vocal folds. And it's uh, the vocal folds look white. They're meant to look white. And uh, the speech therapist said that mine looked a really nice white. But uh, around the vocal folds, there was um, some slight irritation on the right-hand side. And that because of the way I talk, because I'm my default demeanor is one of someone that's very tense, that I'm not opening my chest up to talk the exterior folds around the vocal folds don't necessarily always work as they should unless I'm really animated. But also the issue both her and the consultant said is the medication. The migraines have to be tackled, basically. That's the voice again there. The migraines have to be tackled, so they're sending me to a migraine clinic. I've been to a balance clinic before. I had a first wave of exercises that were phenomenally successful. I was then given a second set of exercises that I had to do and wasn't actually told you've got to stop doing the first lot of exercises. So they actually overloaded me and I regressed and the nausea came back. So, which was disappointing. That's about two and a half years ago now, but the migraines have never gone away. You know, a couple of weekends ago, I took in the space of 36 hours, I took... um, 10 ibuprofen I think maybe 8 ibuprofen 2 neurofen and uh, not neurofen plus neurofen I, I don't take the neurofen plus anymore this week up until Friday I hadn't taken anything so I'm getting these blocks where I'm fine and then I'm getting these blocks where I'm not fine so um, I think going to a migraine clinic is the right thing also if you're not living in London you know I'm close to Nine Elms the pollution around there is awful. I was never one to worry about air pollution. You know, I just think, oh, this is something else they're talking about. This is something else they're telling us is an issue. The last year, I've really been struggling, really been struggling with my breathing. Something I was always complacent about, not anymore. You know, I, I check uh, air pollution alerts for the day, and uh, they think as well it could be tied in with that. So at least I'm getting something uh, done about it anyway. Friday. Friday afternoon, after a long week with the man, I got off the southbound 88, uh, which was once one of London's great buses. You know, for the last 20 years, though, it's been running a severely truncated version of its old epic route. I suppose like this show, you know, a shadow of its former self. Got into the cafe, I commandeered my toilet table, and it is my table. If anything belongs to me in this life, it's that table. That is my table. I waited at my table until I got served before washing my hands behind those swing saloon doors, as I always do on arriving in the cafe, though I suppose the staff handling the tall glasses and serving undermined my extreme cleanliness by, you know, handling money. Which goes back to what I said a show or two back about having specialist staff. You know, like the veteran, 
The toilets of the veterans' domain. It would be nice to have a cashier only. Or a couple of cashiers. That's all they do in there, handling money. Anyway, as what turned out to be a disappointingly bitter coffee arrived, I left my uh, notes for today's uh, show on the table. And uh, I pushed through the swing doors uh, to wash my hands. A young Portuguese woman emerged uh, from the ladies' moments after flushing and uh, spent some time looking in the mirror. Not once was she curious about my hand washing. I thought to myself, what do you think I'm doing here? I'm doing what you should be doing now. More than me. I've just come off a bus. I've almost actually fallen down the stairs because I've tried to come down from the upper deck without touching the handrails, which is no easy thing on the uh, Routemaster reboots with their winding staircases. Before I'd even finished my hand washing, she barged uh, through the swing doors, taking her unclean hands with her. Hand washing remains the impossible dream in SW8. A brief hood malfunction to report happened in the alfresco area of the uh, cafe Thursday 2nd of November 0751 hours waiting for the 2017 waitress to let me in early. She didn't, of course. I sat down. I tried to pull my bag off my right shoulder. The strap caught on the fur, pulling my hood over my head. It was an ugly visual. On a more positive note, a good run of Portuguese uh, toast buttering in the cafe at the moment, the best of the year, on a run of nine days now at the time of recording the butter driven to the edges, as it should be. If you're running a cafe, don't be tight with your buttering. The sandwich, the toast, it's been paid for. Unless, say, it's soup or with tapas. Who wants dried bread? Is it going to kill you to butter the bread properly? Do something properly or don't do it at all. And that is it. That is today's show. Thank you for listening. I hope you guys enjoy your start to the week and do what you do well. You can only do your best. The not-so-secret diary of the kid aged 30 and a quarter returns on Thursday. How are the half-man and uh, Roger doing since uh, last we heard from them in the uh, spring? It's uh, going to require a fair amount of uh, censoring. Questions, hashtag the kid at 1607 West Egg, and I'll see if I can get the kid to answer any questions you might have. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. I'm back on Thursday. What's the point, David? Seriously, what is the point? Why are you doing this? I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and today I have been available.